So I'd like to share a story with you about the cold and ruthless Michael Jordan that I think is really going to surprise you. And as the story goes, there was a young man who was brought to MJ before a game. And this young man had unfortunately uh, been really brutally burned. And I apologize if this is intense, but he was, it has to be emphasized, he was essentially, they said his face was completely burned off. And so very, very, very severe. He was brought to MJ and before this game, when he was, as MJ was getting ready, he brought him into the locker room and he simply talked with him. He spent the entire pregame with this kid and just hung out with him, chatting with him, whatever. After that, he brought him onto the Bulls bench, gave him like a VIP seat right on the bench. And uh, the ref came up to MJ and he said, hey, like you, you can't have him on the bench. It's against league rules. And I guess the NBA has policies against this. And MJ just gives the ref this death stare. And he said, he's on the bench. So the ref walks off and is like, whatever, I'm, I'm not getting involved. And throughout the game, MJ would like go up and down the court. He'd come over to the kid and say, hey, how'd you like that jump shot during Bulls timeouts? He'd walk over to him and start chatting him up and, and so on and so forth. And he just spent the entire night with this young man who had been really badly disfigured by burns. And... The point of the story is not uh, necessarily this one particular instance, as beautiful as this is. And the Bulls, like uh, Johnny Bach told this story, who was a coach with the Bulls, and he said that uh, players like John Paxson and, and other guys on the bench had tears in their eyes for how beautiful this was that, that Michael was doing this. But the deeper point of the story is that MJ actually did stuff like this all the time. It was as though every place that they went, there was somebody... Uh, in need coming to him and he would just give them all of himself for the evening. He would uh, spend time with them before the game. He would be like really gentle and sweet with them. Uh, often it was kids that had been again brutalized or disfigured or crippled or um, you know had some other disease or were terminally ill. And MJ would always find the time to spend with these kids. And Understand, this was a man who had more demands placed on his time than just about anybody else in the world at the time. Like maybe there's a president or something that had more demands placed on his time. But like, you know, MJ would be up there and everybody wanted a piece of him. And yet he would take like as much time as was needed to spend with these people everywhere that they went. And more than that, he never let anybody tell these stories. And it wasn't until much, much later that these came out. But uh, he basically, he said, no press, like don't allow anybody to see this, don't allow anybody to write about this. And he would be furious if anybody in the press actually wrote about these stories, not so that he could, um, you know, play up this like cold and ruthless image of Michael Jordan and not let anybody see that he was like secretly a, a really kind person. Not because of that, but just because it was the right thing to do. He didn't want to make it about that. And we have heard lots of stories since Kobe's passing about Kobe doing similar things where he just would not let people uh, let people in, but he would constantly be doing these little acts of kindness for people in need. And it reminds me of, of something that I've noticed more and more often as I get older. And the <laughs> it's essentially that the people who are the most self-concerned, meaning concerned with their own problems, almost always have the most problems. <laughs> and it's the people who are the least self-concerned, concerned with their own problems that have the least personal problems. 
And that's really interesting, right? The more that we focus on ourselves and our own problems and how can we fix our own problems, the more problems we seem to have and the more caught up in those problems we become. The more we focus outwardly on other people and how can we like be there for other people and the less we focus on our own problems, the more those problems seem to just resolve themselves. It's as though by focusing on the problem, we get entangled in it and it's almost like quicksand, we get sucked under. So this story about MJ was like a classic example of somebody who like by all outwardly uh, outward appearances was cold and ruthless and driven and hungry and determined and intense and yet and, and very uh, like for back of a lack of a better term egotistical you know he wanted to be the best and he wanted to beat everybody he wanted to win so on and so forth and yet this person was MJ was taking like as much time as was needed for other people all the time there was another story from Mark Vansel, who was a journalist who was very close to Michael. And he said one game, I, I believe it was before the Knicks. And if you remember that series, if you watched like the, the Last Dance, the Knicks were one of the Bulls' fiercest competitors in the early 90s. It was before a playoff game against the Knicks. And as MJ was meant to be getting ready for the game, I guess it was like two hours before or something, he was in the uh, therapy room or somewhere like back behind Chicago Stadium. And he was going through hundreds of tickets, hundreds of tickets that were for family, friends, friends of friends, <laughs> and just people that were in his care. And he was actually going through the tickets and on the phone with some of these people, on the phone with the ticket managers, and making sure that they all had their tickets, making sure that they all had the seats that they wanted, that they were in the right place, that they'd be able to see the game, just greeting them at times. And he took all of this time, like it must have taken a couple hours before the game, to make sure that everybody was taken care of. And this was before one of the biggest games of the year, right? Against the New York Knicks in Chicago Stadium in the playoffs. Really, really big game. And yet MJ was just like, no, I need to take care of these people. And of course he goes out and probably has an incredible performance. And this is just the kind of person that he was. And uh, sorry, I got something in my eye. This is just the kind of person that he was. And so I, I really want to drive home this point that, that or uh, I'll, I'll refer to law number eight, actually. Let's go in this direction. Law number eight of the deep game states, uh, or this is the law of transcendence. So the law of transcendence states that basketball is not life. It is a teacher of life. And yet, if we look at the sport of basketball and basketball culture as a whole, we're often taught the wrong lessons by basketball culture. We're constantly taught that we need to... Uh, be driven and be the best and beat everybody and, and like win at all costs and things of this nature, we get so entangled in this egotistical uh, achievement-driven culture that it sucks us in. It's like the quicksand that we, we get um, sucked into and we can't find our way out. We're, we're like so obsessed with being better and proving everybody wrong and all of these things that are just so uh, illusory and, and like beside the point basically. We get so indoctrinated into this way of thinking that it almost seems at times like basketball is teaching us the wrong lessons and sports as a whole is like this. It's like a really toxic culture. And yet the game itself, the purity, the purity of the game, right? Not basketball culture, but 
the purity of the game itself. That's where the real lessons are taught. And when you find yourself playing the best is actually when you're least concerned about yourself, when you're um, most just enraptured in the joy of playing the game and being with your friends and being with your teammates and like being a part of a, a team unit that is playing like firing on all cylinders and just completely absorbed in the act of playing the game that is when the real lessons come through and so don't look to basketball culture to so-called experts or um things of that nature, like the way that most basketball players conduct themselves and the way that they think is completely and totally toxic. And I'm sure that you've noticed this, right? I'm sure you've noticed it and in, in all of sports, not just basketball. Um, and we, we can probably go beyond sports as well to most of humanity, but it's very, very toxic. And look to the purity of the game itself, the act of playing, that's where the real lessons will be. And you will find that the less self-concerned you are, the better you play. And we see this in players like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I, I've heard stories of LeBron doing similar things. These people who have a lot of demands placed on their time, who are at the very, very top and have everybody gunning for them. Yet they are like so giving and, and so um, ready to go out of their way to help other people that it, it really is uh, one of those pure lessons of basketball that is really, really deeply worth learning. And so I'll mention as well in deep game, our, our players will, will know this, in deep game, one of the uh, fundamental habits that we put in place, like throughout all of the eight weeks of the, the core program, we install one core habit that you are to do every single day. And, and one of those weeks, the habit actually is what we call acts of service. So every single day you will be required to do something for somebody else. And this doesn't have to be something huge. You don't have to spend hours going through hundreds of tickets before your game or whatever. It, it doesn't have to be that big. It can be, of course, but, um, I'll give you an example from my own life. And, and so really, really small thing here in Canada at the time of recording this talk, it's very, very snowy and cold outside. It's February. And uh, I was going over to my mom's for dinner and she hadn't brought in her uh, garbage cans from the street, right? Like on garbage day, she'd brought them all out and they were like buried in snow. Uh, it was super cold. She just didn't want to come come outside and, and be bothered with it. And so I like took the snow off the garbage cans and just brought them up to her, uh, to her garage. Simple thing like that, you know, so that she didn't have to do it. Really, really small. It took probably 30 seconds of my time. And yet those are the little acts of service that can help you get out of your own way. And I want to point out as well that this is not an ethical thing. I'm not trying to teach like a moral ethical lesson here. I'm literally saying this because it's better for you. The more that you get out of the way of your own problems, when you just um, get untangle yourself from trying to solve all of the uh, problems that you see in your own life and really uh, start to put yourself in the care of others or, or care for others, those problems seem to dissolve. And the more self-concerned we are with our own problems, the more problems we tend to have. So that is one of the most important lessons that you can learn in this lifetime. And uh, it's one that I, I almost hesitate to talk about sometimes in these talks because it can so often be confused with one of those 
old lectures that you probably heard a million times from your parents and from coaches and from like, you know, figures in society who haven't even learned this lesson themselves most often. And it's, it's not about saying like, uh, you must like be kind to others or any of the other cliches. I'm literally saying as a way of life, it's just an easier way to live. It's a more um, fulfilling way to live and you will have fewer problems yourself the more you help other people with their problems, okay? That is really my, my interest is in you. It's not in giving you some moral or ethical teaching. It's literally just to see you become the person that you're meant to be in this world and that's my wish for you, okay? So hopefully MJ <laughs> can um, rub off on all of us with that story and uh, yeah, I hope this helps you. So I will see you in the next talk.